Hey guys, welcome to another Topics with Tim podcast. And look, you might be making a huge, huge mistake that's compromising your sleep. Are you a person, do you sleep good? I guess is the question. If you sleep great, then hey, maybe this podcast isn't for you, but maybe listen because it might help your friends if they are not sleeping well. Right now, it's a tough time in our country. A lot of people are stressed. A lot of people are probably not sleeping well. I myself have suffered with insomnia in the past and stress issues, so I know what it's like to not be able to sleep. It's a horrible, horrible feeling. We all need sleep to survive. We all know and have heard the horror stories of people who have stayed up for multiple days in a row and have literally gone crazy because that's exactly what will happen to you if you don't sleep. Now, that's a lot of pressure and a little extra stress, but I'm going to tell you the biggest reason why you are probably not sleeping well, and how easy it is to fix. It's so easy. Okay. Before I go into that, I just want to say thank you for listening. Of course, I appreciate you listeners out there for supporting me. Please subscribe to my podcast. You never miss an episode. I'd also love it if you could leave a review. That really, really helps me if you could leave a review. I promise. I don't know. I can't really promise you anything, but please, maybe I'll do some giveaways in the future for but I would love that. You can also support me financially on my main podcast channel. Just a young podcaster trying to make it in this world of podcasts. So look, you want to sleep better. I want you to sleep better. There's one mistake you're probably making that a lot of people make on a daily basis, and they're just not aware of the science behind this. And it's so crucial. If you want to be able to go to bed, you want to be able to literally lay down in your bed, Turn off the lights and just be able to go to sleep. Most people, they stay up for hours, mind racing, can't get to sleep, worrying about are they going to get to sleep, worrying about the next day, am I going to have enough energy and enough rest to even function the next day, and all these things compounding in your head, and you don't sleep. Or maybe you just get so wound up that you just get so, your mind gets so tired that your body just forces you to sleep. But look here, I'm going to I'm going to be telling you the biggest mistake you're probably making. I'm also going to give you some tips on how to improve your sleep going forward so you can have that nice relaxing sleep all the time. And I love sleep. I'm a big sleeper. I'm one of those people and especially cuz I also do a lot of weight training. I need my sleep. I need my minimum eight hours. Sometimes nine hours is more ideal. This can vary. There are people who have the whatever genome, you know, a lot of the geniuses of our time can function off of four or five hours of sleep, and that's all they truly need. Some people just have the genetics for that. I don't I haven't seen any research thus far that says that there's anything you can really do about the amount of sleep that you need. It seems to be one of those sort of genetic things, almost like our height, that you just can't really do much about. So how much you need to sleep is how much you need to sleep. And, of course, this will help you potentially at least you still have to sleep, but at least you won't spend so much time just laying awake in bed. And so you can just fall asleep right away, boom, wake up, boom, and not waste all that time laying in bed hoping to get to sleep. So the first thing I need you guys to understand is blue light. 
Now, this has become more and more increasingly mainstream, which I'm happy for. More people need to be aware of this. But your electronics, the lights in your house, the sun all emit what's called blue light. Blue light is a light on the spectrum, and it's everywhere. Again, it comes from the sun. And blue light isn't inherently bad. You need blue light. Blue light is a good thing to have all throughout the day. However, at a certain point at night when you are trying to sleep, blue light is no longer your friend. No longer your friend. Now, most people don't understand this. Most people end their nights watching Netflix. Most people end their nights with their phone in their bed, scrolling through social media or watching videos or whatnot. You are sabotaging your opportunity to sleep because what blue light does, and blue light comes from your phone, from your laptop, from your TV, from the lights in your house. Blue light blocks your brain from producing its own melatonin. Now, we've all heard of melatonin as a supplement. You can take it. That is one of the things I'll suggest towards the end is you can take melatonin and that will help you. However, you don't want to get too reliant on that, but it can help in certain scenarios. You want to be able to produce your own melatonin naturally, and the way to do that is you need to block out blue light. So one thing you could do is obviously, I'd say at least an hour, but but really more like two hours before you're gonna you want to just hit the bed, fall asleep. You're gonna need to either turn off all the electronics in your house, which most people were not gonna do that, right? So you can go on Amazon right now and buy a pair of blue light blocking glasses. I wear the most geeky looking ones, the ones that are pure orange because they have that they block out the highest percentage of blue light. You can also get ones that look more normal but only block out maybe 60 to 70% of blue light. I opt for less fashionable but more effective as far as blocking out my blue light. So usually about 2 hours before I'm going to go to bed, I, which to me, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a night owl. So I'm usually, I'm usually not asleep till about 2 AM. I go about two to 10 is my window. So about 12 PM at night, I throw on my blue light blocking glasses and I go about my nightly routine. Like I normally would. Maybe I'll watch some Netflix. Maybe I'll be on my computer. Maybe I'll be recording podcasts. Maybe I'll be studying some research, some Maybe I'll be looking at what workout I'm going to do the next day. Maybe I'll be talking FaceTime and friends. But I've got those glasses on because I am now filtering out all or 97% of blue light, thus allowing my brain to start to produce melatonin during those two hours. So that way, when I am ready to go to bed, I just lay down in my bed, throw my covers on, and I am out within about five to 10 minutes. I can't remember actually the last time that I just laid awake in bed for any longer than that time period. I think the only time that's happened recently was when I went to bed like an hour earlier than my normal time. And so I did end up being up a little bit more, but again, that's because my body was used to going to bed at a certain time and an hour you know, beforehand, I'm trying to go to bed. My body's not quite used to that. And I'll go into that as more as obviously having a routine of when you go to bed is, is really important as well. But but, and let me tell you, let me prove to you, I know I'm telling you the science behind it, but if you've ever been camping, you've probably noticed that you want to go to bed by about 10 PM, unless you're getting totally, you know, smashed or something and partying, going wild with your friends. Maybe you're staying up a little bit late, but if you're just chilling by the campfire, hanging out by 10 PM, you're probably ready to go to bed. You probably go to bed way earlier when you're camping than you normally do in real life. Why? Well, again, no blue light. The sun is gone. All you have is maybe your, your, your firewood releasing some, some, 
some light there, but that does not contain any blue light. You've got usually your electronics don't work. You're out of service. You're not on your phone. You're not on any sort of devices. And you find that you just fall asleep way sooner, way faster when you're camping. So this is a real thing. Blue light blocks your production of melatonin. So it's either either you at two hours before bed, you turn off all your lights and you start lighting up candles, which I've done in the past as well before. That'll that has been part of my routine in the past where I've lit a couple candles around the house and that overall it's very dark. There's really little to no blue light. And again, my mind starts to produce that melatonin and I start to get sleepy and want to fall asleep. So that is an option. You could put candles around, light those candles towards that two hour window before you're going to go to bed. That's an option. Or again, I would say go on Amazon for $10, buy some blue light blocking glasses so that you can go about your routine knowing that you're blocking out most if most of the blue light, which is what's important. And you will notice that as soon as you go to bed, you are not spending nearly as much time laying down. Now, it's not foolproof, of course. If you're super wound up with anxiety from stuff going on in your day, that obviously can affect. But if you're having just a normal day where you're not too incredibly stressed, you should find that you'll just knock out real quick. So that is, if you're making that mistake, if you're sitting there scrolling on your phone, if you're watching Netflix and you do not have blue light blocking glasses on, the two hours before bed, you will find yourself staying up for a lot longer, just sitting there waiting for your brain to now produce the melatonin it could have been producing for the last two hours, but you were exposing yourself to a lot of blue light, which was preventing that from happening. So just fix that and you will should notice a huge difference. And again, wear the glasses. They're a little goofy, but you will benefit and you'll still be able to do most of the things you would do at night with electronics and you will not be getting nearly as much blue light. Now, another thing that you can do to improve your sleep, they've done a lot of studies on what is the, what's the right temperature for your house to be at, for your room to be at, that is ideal sleep. We know that when you're asleep, your body temperature drops and allows you to go to sleep and Obviously, I think there is some differentiation between some people run a little hotter and a little colder. Me, for example, I run pretty hot, so I have a hard time sleeping if the room is not cool. So I typically always have my window open at night, allowing that cool air to come in to kind of lower the temperature of the room. And I also have a big fan that not only cools the room as well, but also blows in some of that cold air from outside. And also... It kind of acts as a white noise for me, so that way other people who wake up a little earlier than me are not going to wake me up with, with their noise because I'm just hearing the fan, which your brain will tune out eventually. For those of you who sleep with white noise, you know this. You basically will forget that white noise is even there because your brain is really good at just ignoring that sound because it's so constant. Got to love our brain for that. So the ideal range is between 60 to 68 degrees. It should be in your room, which will lead to optimum sleep. Because again, you do want your body to be a little bit colder. You don't want to be too hot. But again, there's some fluctuation here, which is why you get the big range 60 to 68. Because you might run a little hotter. You might run a little colder. I struggle to sleep more during the summer because even with my window cracked open, it still could be 70 to 80 degrees. And I have a hard time sleeping because it's just too hot and I'll usually have maybe TMI here pretty much wearing nothing maybe a sheet on my bed that's it and I'm still hot during the summer unless of course we're running the AC a little bit 
to keep it cooler, but obviously that's going to cost you a little extra money, but it may be, it's, it's honestly, I would say it's worth it. It's worth the money hit because your sleep is just so vital to your overall health that spend the extra couple bucks to run your AC during the night so that you can just sleep well. You will, your body will thank you. You'll be so much more productive. Do that. It's worth it. 100%. So again, we're talking about, we're blocking out the blue light. Now we're reducing the temperature of our room again, between 60 to 68. Another thing you can do to reduce your temperature naturally are two things. One, you can take a magnesium supplement before bed. I often do this. I take a magnesium with usually some vitamin D and zinc. And essentially the most important ingredient in there is the magnesium because magnesium naturally will lower your heart rate, which will then lower your body temperature, allowing you to lower your body temperature and then allowing you to fall asleep. It's also amazing for anxiety because again, uh, there's a lot of physical sensations with anxiety where your heart rate gets really going and pumping. And when you're at night and trying to sleep, you don't want your heart to be pumping. You want your heart to be nice, calm, and relaxed. So that magnesium is going to lower your heart rate, allowing you to be a little bit more calm, and is going to lower your body temperature, allowing you to be more in that range for optimal sleep. So again, that's a little benefit there. Take a magnesium supplement before you go to bed during that two-hour time period. That should benefit you. You should have a lot better sleep and recovery because of it. So that's one tip there. The other tip is if you're a big shower person, which I'm not a huge believer in showering every day. I shower maybe twice a week at most because I could go on another podcast on that about how it strips your body of its natural oils and how it's not good. It dries your skin out. So, But if you're a shower person, that's totally fine. Do you do you? One thing you can do is save that shower for the evening time. Take that warm because you know typically who's taking cold showers, right? which honestly you could do that too and it would serve the same purpose. You could either take a warm shower because when you come out, your body will cool down and you're, you're, it will drop your body temperature when you go from being in a hot shower to, to your room that's cold. It will drop your body temperature as, as the water is evaporated off of your body. Or you could take a cold shower and be cold and that's a great way to get your body temperature down right before bed and it kind of signals to your body that you are now in that temperature range that you are ready to sleep. So again, save your showers for the evening time if you have trouble sleeping. So that way you get that nice body temperature drop right before. So again, the magnesium or the showering can definitely help. The other thing that helps is obviously having a consistent routine when it comes to that nighttime routine, because as it becomes more routine, I'm saying that word a lot, your body will learn the cues that you have and will start to produce that melatonin more because it knows that it's going through the routine. For example, one part of my routine is I do a few different light stretches, nothing too heavy, and that is kind of a signal to my body, hey, we're doing our nightly stretching. That means it's nighttime, and my body starts to adapt to that routine and knows and is cued to start producing that melatonin that I need to, to do that. So you can incorporate some stretches in your routine. You can also... A lot of people like listening to audiobooks. That's a great way to sort of take your mind off of whatever is troubling you and focusing it there. In fact, and I'll just go into this now since I, I segued into it. So a big, I was listening to actually a podcast the other day by a sleep expert, and he says that you actually, you know, we think we're in control of our sleep, but we're actually not. And it's actually a really, really good thing. Because our bodies will shut us down at some point. We can fight for as long as we can. 
and we'd have to pump ourselves full of all sorts of energy drinks or whatnot to stay up. But if you didn't do that, if you didn't pump yourself full of energy drinks, and even if you were trying to exercise, whatever, do whatever, your body eventually will come to a point where you it will shut you down because you know unless you're like you have to really really be trying very hard to stay awake and taking a lot of probably dangerous things to stay awake because your body will shut you down as a survival mechanism to sleep so you don't actually ever have to worry about not sleeping because your body wants it for you your body will force you i could stand here and and talk and talk and talk for the next 10 hours and at some point i would probably barely be able to even do this anymore because i would get so sleepy and so tired because my body is just trying to shut me down so it can recover. So one of the worst things you can actually do is worry about not sleeping because you're actually not in control of that. Your body kind of does that on its own. And you, one of the ways that you can sort of practice this, what I call letting go of control of your sleep is, like I mentioned before, listen to an audiobook, right? You're going to take your attention, focus it on this audiobook, and by taking that action, you are letting go of this idea that you can control your sleep and control when your body is going to go to sleep. And because worrying about it, again, becomes a self fulfilling prophecy, and you don't want that. You're trying to, when you're worried about something, you're trying to control it. And it might be something, again, in this case, that's actually not within your control for the most part. There are certain things you can do, like I'm mentioning, that can help, but you are not in control. So, you know, reading a book, reading your Kindle, reading, you listen to an audiobook, doing some sort of activity that allows your mind to focus elsewhere and not worried about your sleep can actually make it so you fall asleep. A lot of people I talk to just fall asleep to audiobooks all the time, or a lot of people I know fall asleep reading because again, you're letting your brain, you're not trying to control when you're going to bed. You're just letting your body do its thing, focus on something else. And then eventually you just get a little more tired and a little more tired. And then you put the book down and that's it. That's all she wrote. You're out for the night. Another, th- another tip for you. I usually only do this during the winter time because, again, during the summer, I run pretty hot, and so this actually makes things worse for me, although you can just make it cool, is drinking a hot tea that is specifically blended for sleep. So, for example, mint is a great sleep aid. You have uh, chamomile, which is another great sleep aid. Really, most hot teas obviously do not get a tea with caffeine, so green tea or black tea is a no-go here, right? You want to find a sleepy time tea. Um, there's a few other different ingredients that can help optimize sleep, but a lot of times just drinking that before bed just really puts you in that mode of sleeping. And those chemicals will, well, they're not really chemicals, more natural, I guess, but that will help you to, to go to, I've done that for a while. Usually during the winter, I'll, you know, have a little chamomile, peppermint, herbal tea at night, maybe while I'm watching Netflix or whatnot with my blue light blocking glasses, not, not without them. And I'll tend to get a little sleepy. So that's something you can incorporate into your routine. You can also do meditation. I used to do this often during my worst you know, time with my mental health. I would actually just do meditation at night to get myself into a really calm state. And I would just actually typically fall asleep during my meditation because I would just get so tired and I would get so relaxed and I would stop worrying about falling asleep and it would just, poof, I would just knock out halfway through my meditation. So that's something you can definitely do. Look up some guided med- guided sleeping meditations on YouTube, play it, just we'll follow the steps. You'll probably fall asleep before the thing's even done. Again, I mentioned stretching as a great way to get your body loose and allow your body to to know. Again, be careful about doing too intensely because, again, then you're going to raise your heart rate, which if you run hot, then 
you might have trouble falling asleep. So I usually just do a little bit of light stretching early on in my routine. So that way my heart rate can still be low enough when I'm actually ready to go to bed that it's not a problem. So those are just a couple of tips for you. But again, the I'd say just the main thing I'm focused on here is the blue light and, and making sure, again, you're either wearing blue light blocking glasses that block out all that blue light or your lights are low and dim and are very warm lit because you, you just won't you will not be able to have the same quality of sleep you will not be able to get into sleep fast if you're exposing yourself to a lot of blue light right before bed it just it just will not maybe you maybe some of you can do that maybe some of you can scroll through your phone with no blue light filter and fall asleep. I would be kind of amazed if you could, but I can guarantee you're probably not getting the same quality of sleep as somebody who is blocking out that blue light a couple hours before bed. So look guys, at the end of the day, we all need sleep to survive. We need good sleep to thrive. So don't let anyone there's we feel like we have a little bit of a culture of people like to brag about how little they're sleeping and how much they're getting done. And I personally do not think that lack of sleep is anything to brag about. And I, it saddens me that we as a culture feel sometimes like we need to brag about how little sleep I've had. I like to brag about how much sleep I got. That's what I like to brag about. In fact, I, shout out to, uh, oh, what was his name? What was his name? Shout out to my buddy Blake. Blake, if you're listening to this, I'll, I'll probably tag in this guy. Hope we got. You, did you get your eight hours today, bud? Did you get your eight hours. Good man. Good man. So me and Blake, I love this guy. We would we had the same wavelength here, where we would actually brag to each other about how much sleep we got, and we'd always be like, "Dude, did you get your eight? Did you get your eight? And I'll be like, "Heck yeah, I got my eight. Did you get your eight? He'd be like, "I got my eight, dude." And we actually. So I'm trying to. I hope that we can kind of as a culture actually start bragging about how much sleep we got as opposed to bragging about how little sleep we had and what we accomplished on that. Cause again, that's only going to last very temporarily and it's probably going to cost you in the long run with all sorts of injuries and anxiety and different things related to just not recovering like you need to when you sleep. So let's start bragging about how much sleep we got. I got solid eight hours last night, feeling good about it. I've adjusted my routine a little bit. So I'm kind of working my way into some, some, some new hours. But I got my sleep, and I'm excited for tonight because, again, I do not worry about sleeping anymore because my I know that my biology, the chemistry of my brain is taken care of when I'm wearing the blue light. And obviously I try to do some of these techniques to get myself in that mood and that mode, lower the temperature. I love during you know, winter. I don't have any issues sleeping because, again, I can just open my window, turn the fan on. My room's plenty cool enough for me to just, man, knock out. It's the summertime. I mean, I love the summer. Don't get me wrong. I love it way more than the wintertime, but my sleep uh, suffers a little bit during the summer. But again, I would say totally worth it. Again, it's not, you know, I, I live with people, so there's not always 100% agreement on the AC situation. But if you can, you know, encourage and maybe even send this to your, your people. Hey, we need to lower our, our AC at night so we can all sleep. We're all going to be better for it. The science supports it. We're going to be able to thrive, not just live, but thrive with those lower temperatures getting us to sleep. And it's worth the extra money. It is worth it. Your sleep is not something to cheat on. Okay. And I guess last thing I would mention, if they're really, you really are struggling and you really have a weird schedule where you just can't sleep that much, definitely 
at that point, I'm not a big fan of naps. I actually don't recommend naps to people. I only recommend naps to people who, for whatever reason, they can't, maybe it's work constraints, maybe you have kids where you can only maybe have a six-hour window, five, six-hour window of sleep that you can actually get. If you're one of those people that is constrained by certain responsibilities, then you would obviously be someone who needs to be taking one to two 30-minute naps during the day in order to just give your body that extra recovery time it would normally be getting while you're sleeping but cannot get. I had to utilize this when I was working at a kickboxing gym. I had to be there at 5 a.m. every morning, and I'm a night owl, so this I just could not get myself to go to bed early enough because I'd have to go to bed at 8, 8, you know, 8 p.m. or 9, and I just that's not me. I, don't, I do not go to bed early. It's just, I'm a night owl guy. I think there's some some nuance to that, and I never even really attempted to try to set my hours that way. So I always just kind of suffered through the. But then I would I would take a lot of naps throughout the day because I had to. But that was that was a personal choice. I definitely could have using these techniques and the blue light. I could have eventually got myself to go to bed early, but I just couldn't bring myself to do it because I just love. I'm a night owl. Can't help it. So in that case, napping is good. If you're somebody who gets your full eight or nine and can, I wouldn't, I would not nap during the day personally, unless you are, I'd say the only exceptions to those people would maybe be elite athletes because they are training every day very intently. And so their body's going to need a little bit more recovery time. And so they might benefit from a nap here and there in order to just add a little more overall recovery time. But if you're not an elite level athlete and you're getting your eight to nine hours, napping is kind of a bad sign. I mean, that could be more of a nutritional thing where you're having a little too too heavy on the carbohydrates and sugar in the morning, causing that midday crash. That's more of a nutritional thing that you'd have to start looking at as opposed to any sort of sleep related. But look guys, at the end of the day, get those glasses on Amazon blue light blockers, you will be happy for it. And you, I, I, it works. I swear. I promise you. I, I love my sleep. I get great sleep. Anyway, guys, hope you enjoyed this podcast. Hopefully this brings some value to you. If it does again, please subscribe to my pod. Please leave me a review. If again, if, if this is bringing you value, please leave a review that really helps me. If you're getting value out of these and you know, cause I would like to be able to continue doing this and make a little bit of money off it, a little bit of a side hustle so I can continue to do this as part of my, you know, work that I, uh, that I do to make money. Like we all got to do. So I greatly appreciate it. But again, thanks for listening. Sleep well tonight and I will see you on the next pod.